This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss. Today, we're here for a special bonus episode with Kara Gassabe. Kara is a life coach and self-proclaimed bride whisperer. She exclusively serves brides who are navigating the stress, drama, and overwhelm of getting married, focusing on the emotional aspects of this life change and how it affects our closest relationships. Kara is joining us today to talk about normalizing the family drama that tends to come up around weddings to explore why it happens and offer practical tips for how to handle it. We're so excited for this. I think everyone is going to relate to something about this topic. So why don't you start out by telling us a bit more about why you're so passionate about helping brides remove the stress from this wedding process? Yes. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me. It's so fun to be here. I really fell into this career path after going through my own wedding. And I had been you know, a social worker and a life coach, and I focus on dating before. So I've always been like very romantic. That's sort of, I'm into it. And then I got married and I was like, how is this so hard? How am I the one who, I mean, I was 33 at the time. Like I was, I felt like fully fledged. And yet I was like emotionally like brought to my knees during the wedding process. And I'm like the planning process. And I'm like, I cannot be the only one. After the fact, all the women are like, oh yeah, that was so stressful. But like, what about before? And like, so I'm really just like, there's so, it's such a beautiful time. The time from the proposal to the wedding, a lot goes on. It's chaotic, but it is the best time to stop and take a moment to figure out what's going on with you, what's going on with your closest relationships so that you can like, arrive at that big day and really be present for it. My biggest sadness is when I see a bride who has worked so hard to create so much beauty and elegance and just this incredible experience for their guests and for themselves, but she shows up and she's just exhausted, burnt out, strung out over it because along the way, her energy was just drained right out of her. Right. And I think it's so easy to let, you know, stress and like family dynamics and all of that stuff. It all comes to a head around big family events. If anybody's had any family drama over holiday times, it's those times when everybody's all together in the same place, I feel like where it can really just come to a head. And so I'm so excited for you to share some of your advice on how to navigate this, how to keep some of that stuff at bay. So yeah, let's let's jump into it. Before we do, I also just want to mention that part of why we feel so aligned with having this conversation with you is that so much of like wedding talk, it's about the day. And there's so much more to like your wedding and your marriage than just this like event that you're throwing. It's so true that there is such a special time between like the proposal and the wedding day. And it often gets clouded by just like event planning. And like, let's talk about all of the other things that happen during that time. I love that you talk about how it affects your closest relationships because that's like family, friends, everything. And so I would really love to like dive into why specifically do you feel like for women, for brides, 
this is such a stressful time. Yeah, I think, wow, it's such a big societal kind of thing. And when you look back at weddings and how women were property and being handed off, I mean, there's just so many layers there. And then we sort of shifted from that into just like, well, the bride, somehow your identity, right, was tied quickly to your wedding day. That was like your value. And so then it's like, well, what does she look like? That virginity piece, like who is she marrying? In so many families, it was like, if you could upgrade, you could like lift everyone, you were releasing the economic burdens, like, like sociologically, historically, just be living the patriarchy, like there's just all of that. And then if you just like put that aside, there's just like the general notion in our culture that like, this is her big day. And the groom's like, I'll show up like with my buddies and my tux. But like, this is her show, which is like just a weird amount of pressure. And so a bride becomes like overly identified with this day. We're often taught to like, this is the day you're going to look your best and be your best. And it's going to define you. At the same time, we're going to like strip you of your last name and ask if you're going to become a mother and maybe drop your career. Be the best version of yourself while we're all staring at you and you don't even know who you are anymore. And meanwhile, the people you're like, okay, I got my best friends. Well, guess what? Susie over here who you were like just in the trenches with and besties, all of a sudden now she's in a panic state that she's losing her best friend. So she's like ghosting texts and going through her own weird drama. And like your sister who you thought would be your ride or die is like pregnant with her third kid and kind of like, oh, wedding schmetting all your people aren't your people anymore in this moment. Or like you and your mom, you're like, we're just, we're in it. And all of a sudden she's like having a midlife crisis because she's like, but this means you no longer need me. And now I'm going to lose you every other holiday and I can't deal. And she might go through a thing. So it's like all your people that you thought would be right there with you are going through their own thing. And that's where the brides come to me. They're just like, if they feel like they're holding it together, they're like, my people are going nuts on me and that's why I'm here. And I'm like, it's usually everybody together. And that's why this time is so crazy. And then it's also like, we're going to spend the most amount of money on eight hours that we're going to spend ever, right? It's just so much. Instead of being like anti-wedding, I'm like, okay, let's double down. It is so much, but it's here to serve us. It's going to kick up a lot of drama, but with the people that really matter, that's worth it. If best friend is having a problem, like, hey, let's look at this. Let's take a pause. What is the relationship? How is it moving forward? How will we need to shift and change? With mom, you're right. Things are going to change. Let's get that conversation going. I get so much with the mother-in-law. Oh, she judges me. This, that, this, that. I'm just going to like keep her at bay and like not be bothered. Forgetting you have to wake up the next day right? You have to face the next holiday with her. If you have kids, their birthday party, what you name the kid. If you thought she had opinions about your wedding, she's going to have them about everything that comes up. And so that's where I'm just like for the bride, I'm like, do your wedding prep, also the emotional wedding prep, get your Botox, your manicure, your exercise, whatever, but also do the emotional work. For some people, it's going to be releasing. For some people, it's going to be the people-pleasing, the perfectionism. For other people, it's going to be learning about boundaries, communication. I know it sounds like annoying and like you don't have the time for it. And yet I'm like, this is the time. There is no better time. And the reason this is the time is because weddings have a way of sticking in our memories. 
that's the whole thing is we want everyone to remember the big day and because we're spending all this money and we're taking these photos but the flip side of that is everything that goes on stays so you screw up and piss off future sister-in-law that's it that stays it's not like oh next christmas i'll get it right not to add pressure but like this is the time to try to bring your best and truest self to these close relationships and a lot of the wedding will show you who those people are. There's tends to be a lot of female relationships that go through a time of like, where you're like, wow, I didn't think that this person was in my life only for a season. And you realize like, without the nights out at the bars and like the single scene, like, hmm, maybe we won't go to the next step. And so there's a grieving there. The people who have divorced parents who are like, I'm completely fine. I'm over it. I went to house to house. Like we were cool. All of a sudden their wedding's coming and they're like, I'm like vaguely catatonic and procrastinating on small things that I know how to do. I wonder what's wrong. And I'm like, do you think maybe like some of that stuff is coming back up? Right. The emotional opportunities are just all sitting right there. And the thing about a wedding is it demands we deal with it. People say weddings are so expensive. I'm like, right, but just not financially, emotionally as well. There's a bit of a toll and a tax but you get your true love, right? You get your life partner, you get expansion, you get like this whole new chapter. But I think that there's emotional reckoning that, that most women specifically, because we are the relational ones, we are usually that point person. And I think men, it's, it's coming along, but like because of where we are, and I am just so interested in the female experience and women tend to do better in community. We just do our very best when we like share advice, help each other out. I think culture teaches us to be competitive and just be like, I'm just going to like look cuter than her and have a second dress and out Instagram or when really in our hearts, we want to reach out and be like, Hey, if you're freaking out, it's okay. I can help you. So that's why women, but of course, anybody who's going through the experience, same sex couples, all of that stuff, there are different threads of this, but they're not in the same default. Like the cool thing I know I love about like same sex couples and all of that sort of non-binary and the genders, like they get to renegotiate the gender stuff automatically. But for the hetero cis couple, culture has already decided kind of our roles and we just kind of fall into them. And so that's why. I love so much of what you said. And the thing that I'm like so excited about just to hear you talk about it is like, you're right. The the thing with weddings is that when we're outward facing and, and, and planning and like having like this most exciting time of our lives, like in air quotes, we're not bringing all of this stuff up, but everybody goes through all of this emotional stuff. Like, I don't think anyone can listen to this and say, no, that issue with my mom never came up or that issue with my sister-in-law or like we're humans and melding families, right? Amidst all the pressure of everything else that happens with a wedding, like this is inevitable. And I would love for there to be a world where that's the thing people talk about when they're planning their wedding, where they can actually be like today, instead of like, I'm cake tasting or whatever it is. Today, I'm working through the changes that are going to come with my best friend, what this means for us in our lives, what, you know, how we were, we're planning to show up for each other, how we're going to navigate, how this is going to be different for us. That should be like on the list, just as much as like find a DJ. If you don't do it, then I feel like maybe it's expected that you've done that work before the proposal question mark. 
do you see people doing that type of thing, like putting in that work before that? Or the proposal is the moment where like they kind of realize, oh, actually there's all this other stuff that has to be figured out. Yeah, I find the proposal is that moment where everything shifts. Like I always think about it, like you get a rock on your finger and it's like you pulled out of the ground and made the ground less steady. I mean, I had a, a bride yesterday, they had been together 11 years. I'm like, is there anything to talk about this? And yet it's the wedding day that is bringing up unresolved feelings about the groom has having unresolved feelings about the divorce. And so he's like, Oh my God. She's like, but the piece of paper is not going to change anything. But he's like, it means you can half suddenly, or it means you hate me. Like everything is fine now, but I watched mom hate dad. And I don't want that. I watched like auntie take all uncle's money. I don't want like, so it's like now all of a sudden. So, and I think too, with our families, they'll watch you date. Okay. 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 And then, Oh, got a ring. Hold on. And then all of a sudden I talk about like how when that ring goes on, your relationship enters the public domain and it's now you've broadcasted what our intentions are, what's going on. We're getting married. It's official. It becomes like something that goes into the public. And then people look at it differently. They ask about it differently. They make, they look at you differently. Like, Oh, that's who she chose to be the husband. And what does that mean about her and him? And it's just, it changes it. And it does bring up, so many issues, even between the couple, right? Like you feel like, you know, your fiance when you get engaged, but then you get engaged and suddenly you look at them and you're like, because that's the forever lens. It just makes it different. And that's okay. That's good. That's your mind and psyche, like adjusting to it. But that adjustment can be really sticky. You're like, why were we happy? We got engaged and now we fight. So many people are like, what the heck just happened to our relationship? So I do think there's something about that engagement. And that's where I'm like weirdly so passionate about broken engagements. I'm like, actually, this is okay to happen now. This is so many people date and then they're like, we're either going to break up or get married. And that's sort of the fork in the road. So then they get engaged and then they're like, wait, was this the right turn or the wrong turn? Like you're allowed. But what they do is like, okay, wedding planning. Then they're on the train. Then they can't get off because- we have a deposit down. We told all the people on Facebook. So that's going to be awkward to roll it back. We like, I can't disappoint someone. Like, how do you give the ring back? Like people literally, I've talked to so many divorced women and 90% are like, I knew, but I couldn't stop it. For some people, it's like, I don't know whether I should break up or go all the way. That ring can clarify it for you. If you let it, right? If you're willing to be emotionally honest, but I, like you said, because so much of your engagement is just considered wedding prep, it's not considered like, let's try this on. It's, we miss it. It's honestly like a huge opportunity, I feel like for growth and transformation, not just with your partner, but with all of your personal relationships. I mean, something we talk a lot about is like, it's really the first big project the two of you are tackling together, most likely. And so it's like teamwork, communication, obviously managing and balancing a budget, all of these different things. But the emotional side is so important too. And you are not necessarily fundamentally changing as a person because you're getting married, but your dynamics and all these different relationships are changing because of this new like context that you're saying, like the whole public domain of it all and, and all of that. It's just, uh, 
I feel like this conversation needs to be so much more normalized because everyone is grappling with these questions and insecurities and fears and, you know, it's a roller coaster. So I, I love this conversation. There's a bit of shame that's kind of put on this. Like the narrative is that like what we see in movies, what we see, you know, in fairy tales is that you're supposed to know all of this is supposed to have been figured out before they ask, will you marry me? And then it's like, you either say yes, because it hasn't figured out or you say no, because it's not. But that's not actually the case, just truly because of the realistic factors of what putting a ring on it does for a your relationship, but also what society then looks at your relationship as. I don't know. I'm just like loving this so much. And I agree, this has to be so much more normalized. Yeah. And so many people are like, I don't get it. Why would you do that? This is like when a woman is the happy. I'm like, that cannot be true. That is just not true. Like there's just, she's telling you she's okay. And she's happy because you told her that that's the only way to be. But like, it's a, like a reinforcing cycle. And we've seen it happen with motherhood and all these other things. And I'm like, let's just like chill out with the bride thing and let it be like, it's my next best choice with the person I love. Like we're all doing our best. And yet, like I've had brides lately who are like, I am so annoyed with just being a bride to be. Do you know what I have accomplished and like who I am? And like, yes, I'm marrying this human and that is lovely. But like suddenly I'm nothing but a bride people come at it from so many angles and it's like but they're like oh no we're just here to get the best flowers no we're not we're here to work out a power dynamic we're here to like forgive old wounds we're here to get you back for like all this there's so much going on it's never about what it's about when it comes to wedding invitations you've likely debated whether to go online or irl well greenvelope may just help you make that decision easier Greenvelope's online wedding invitations save trees while saving you stress. But the best part is that they are easy on your budget without sacrificing anything when it comes to style or quality. If you're dreaming of invitations with high-end styles and printing processes like laser cut or letterpress, you know that can be super expensive. The good news is Greenvelope's digital invites can make those dreams a reality, giving you these amazing, sophisticated designs for a fraction of the cost. Not only do they do invites at Greenvelope, but they have thousands of beautiful designs for everything wedding related, from engagement announcements to save the dates to thank yous and beyond. So give your wallet and the earth a gift and get your savvy wedding invitations from Greenvelope by visiting greenvelope.com BSB today. Okay, so I know you said this early on and you were like, I'm not anti-wedding. However, I've said it before on this podcast, so I don't mind bringing it up. Can we just talk about like, why do we all feel like this is what we have to do? We have to go through this craziness. We have to do this, plan this thing. We have to hide the negotiations of other relationships that are going on because of this next step we're taking with our partner. Why do we all do it? <laughs> why do we all feel like we're supposed to do it? Not that it's a bad thing. Like weddings are are wonderful. Yes, I'm a groupie there too. but like. Why are we just like shoving it all under the rug and being like, this is just what we do next and not acknowledging this is actually a really complex, big life change 
Like, why? Yeah. Maybe there's not an answer. But. Yeah, I mean, for, like, for me and my husband, it was like, I came from, like, an Irish Catholic family, and he came from, like, Iranian Muslim family. So we had this weird culture clash, and we were both very close to our families and had these strong mothers who had very different visions. And the whole thing was just, like, a lot. And I'm like, why are we doing all of it? Like, it just got to a point where I'm like, this just doesn't seem worth it right like it just seemed like a lot and then I'm like I do think that weddings have a special place in culture and what we learned from the pandemic was even if it's just the two people there like the the elegant things that people did that I just think expanded our whole notion of like what the wedding day was like the romantic two people standing in front of a fireplace in the like I was like Oh my God, I love this. And the people who were like, I will wait years to get my dance floor party. Like it just was a, it was able to show people their priorities, who they were and all of that. And I do think that there is something to like acknowledging that you are forever changing the family structure. And for me, that's really what's important about the wedding day. Is it like there was this day that our family changed. It is so uncomfortable, but it's also so magical because this is how like the next generation sort of comes through. And so I think for me, the weddings are so cool because they make us, if you, if you show up for it, deal with a lot of hard stuff, figure out how to navigate it and then celebrate. It's the having both. I always tell my brides, this whole thing is about holding two things. This is the best and the worst. It's about starting something new. It's about letting go of something old. It's about like, it's always going to be about both things. Like it's very, to me, weddings like mirror nature in that way. Like those flowers, the minute you cut them that are sitting on your, they're dying at the same time as like your old relationships are dying. Your single life is dead, but yet this whole new thing is flourishing. Like, and that, like I said, the families. To be there, that was our number one thing that was important to us was having our siblings all there, right? And what was the most, to me, it's like, what was the most captivating part of that whole storyline was people freaking out about those brothers, but the brothers, the brotherhood has been, right? And when people look at their own, I think that captivates us because it's like when people looked at their own thing, it was like, my sister and I were so close until she got married or my sister and I never saw eye to eye until we were both married. And then we like could connect because we're both like, Oh my God, husbands are weird and kids are hard. like, and humans love ritual. Humans love ceremony. Humans love rites of passage. So the wedding has got to stay for that reason, but there can be two people to two fifty. Like it can look like anything, but I think it's worth doing because of all the, stuff that it kicks up for us. I think if we just kind of tried to slide into the courtroom and slide out and be like, hey, I just did paperwork and it's personal and it's not about any of you, is to miss the biggest point, which is it is about you. Because who you married is real connected to what went on with your parents. And who you married is real connected to like your parents' next chapter. You're changing your parents' lives with who you choose. You've got to admit it. You're changing your siblings' lives you're changing your mother-in-law's lives and they don't really get a say in it. So the least you can do, I think, is to like bring them into the fold in some sort of capacity. And the wedding is that time that we're forced to do it. And it's exhausting. I am, I don't know, mind blown. I just love the the way, like the framework you have around all of this. 
That makes so much sense. And even the the cynical way that I propose that question, I'm completely like, wow, that makes all of the sense. Yeah, you're right. There's a reason that we haven't the evolution from big ball to courthouse five minute walk in walk out hasn't happened in its completion is because we do need this like momentous thing that's marking this life change we need this ritual we need to have this to like move through lives and you know like there's this other cynical part of me that's like you know people feel like they have to get married because we live in a world where you need to make sure that you have protection especially as a woman like with health insurance being tied to your job like if that goes away like you know you need to have this thing and then also this feeling you know this very much comes into having kids or not like are you going to be alone are you going to be like old and 80 and alone like there's so much in the way that our world works that weddings are facilitating just because it's like I mean ultimately the idea is it's putting people together to procreate and then like our just like humans live, right? Like we have more humans and we keep having a society, right? So that's so unromantic. Like when you when you look at it that way, right? But when you do come back to the fact that it's actually really such a beautiful thing that now, especially, we have the agency to say, oh, this is the person I want to do that with. This is the person that I want to introduce to my family so that I've now added this to all the other people that I love. And so like being able to change that, like the shape of how you look at it and really recognize that like, this is a huge thing, like a powerful thing that you're able to do that like you have the control over to then say like, this is how we're all together going to evolve because this person is now in our lives. That is such a beautiful thing. And that is a reason to celebrate. Yeah. Mic drop moment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One thing that we didn't touch on like too specifically, but I heard you pull this thread a little bit is how not only when you're getting married, are you like figuring out your own things and your values and everything like that, but often you're comparing this to your parents' marriage. Um, I also think parents just automatically compare what they had to what they think you're going to have because it's the only experience that they have. So naturally that's what they're going to do. And so wondering if you have advice or like stories of like working with some of the brides that you've worked with about like, how do you kind of separate that feeling of like, I'm either being told I need to emulate this marriage or I'm being told I need to avoid what my parents did. How do you kind of separate that and recognize that your marriage with your partner is its own thing? Yeah, I think this is a lot of sort of that marriage prep work that people aren't they're doing it on some level but they're not they're sort of a lot of times reactionary to it right and they they're either like i want my parents marriage or i don't want my parents marriage and then your partner is going to have a thing and it's just so part of what needs to be happening during that phase and it's the first time usually that we get a really good look at another marriage we know our parents marriage And then we can sort of look at our friends, but then when we see our in-law, like that's another marriage you tend to get like an up close and personal look. So I think that that then really becomes the conversation between you and your fiance. Can you be really honest about like, what did you see in your parents' marriage that you do want to take? What do you not want to take? And then 
realizing that like they had a completely different experience and view of marriage. And I think we for sometimes we're just on autopilot and like, you know how like dad always does this, like mom. And they're like, no, because our brains just like the things we know, we like to just keep on autopilot and just how marriage works. It just is like, oh, we know it's just in there. And then it's not until this moment where we're like, and what's another beauty of wedding planning is because like your fiance is just like, oh my gosh, like I've been at your dinners at your house and all that stuff. But like your mom is freaking out about what part your dad is insisting on his people. Be, like you start to see these weird things about how that other couple is. And then it really can help the conversation because it's like understanding the so many ways to do marriage. We all can like renegotiate it. Obviously, generationally, so many changes have happened, right? And that's the tedious work of it is like staying awake. It is nearly impossible to not fall into the patterns of your parents' marriage. Your brain is lazy. It wants to do what it knows. So when it sees anything, it recognizes like, oh, my husband is doing this thing. Oh, I remember what my mom used to say, like, say something mean and get his attention. Or stonewalled him until he like apologizes or uh, people please him or would do it all. Like we'll just notice it and we'll say that we never did it. But like, this is like literally the work of marriage. Our parents' marriage is like inside our marriage, no matter what our job is to just like stay awake to it and be like, oopsie, like, do I want this? Do I want this? Do I want this? And remembering when our partner is acting weird, like they're probably just repeating a pattern. Like for them, it's like so unconscious. And so much that's what so much of this really is, is the like the a part of evolution that our brain is lazy. It wants to do what it knows. It's going to do what's buried so deeply in. And so I think it's, that's to me, like you said, it's the work of like, can you stay awake and can you stay in touch? And can you say to your partner, like, I think I'm like being this way to you because that's just like what my parents did and I don't know what else to do. You stop seeing your person. You literally are living from default mode and that stuff is just programmed so deeply. So I think that the conversation should happen with your fiance. What did you love about your parents' marriage? What did you hate about it? What are you scared to death about repeating? What is the, like, the fears and like what's the number one things? So I want you to lay the groundwork get the best, the worst, the fears, the hopes, the dreams, the vision, and then stay awake. What is happening here? And the first place you look is to your past. Like, oh, I'm probably repeating a pattern. Yeah, it's so true how, you know, like you were saying, your brain gets into this default mode and you're kind of going through the motions. I think a lot of people hear that like phrase when it comes to like marriage, even in general, and it's easy to get comfortable in the status quo. But like you said, waking up and knowing that growth and change is uncomfortable and it takes presence and it takes intentionality and effort. I feel like this conversation could go on for so long, but in the interest of our listeners and being able to kind of wrap up in some sort of tangible way, this could be an impossible ask, but is there something that you can provide as like a, a framework for how to start having these sorts of conversations with not just your partner, but your family, your friends, what's the work that the individual should do to be prepared 
to open up these types of things in terms of like, if we're going to connect it to a wedding planning process? Yeah, I would say, I think, I mean, the very, very first thing is I think a bride needs to get quiet and calm and get back in touch, right? And I think we want to avoid, and so we get really busy because if we can stay busy, we don't have to hear ourselves. If we don't have to hear ourselves, we don't have to feel the feelings. If we don't feel the feelings, we don't have to face the conflict. So I want brides to like somehow add in quiet space to hear themselves and to feel what wants to come up. So it's meditation, it's exercise, it's journaling, it's whatever your thing is, right? Therapy, anything. So that. Then... The most important thing I think the greatest like way to like practice and start the groundwork of this is having hard conversations because essentially that's what always needs to happen. And that's the thing that we avoid. Let's stop and practice these conversations because that's a, the skill that's going to carry us through. And with hard conversations, I just want you to think of three S's. Get soft. You do a hard thing, but you do it soft. You don't be like, all right, mother-in-law, I'm coming in to tell you, like, I'm not having a hoopah. Like, we're not doing it. Like, you get, like, soft and you get your energy clear. You can always soften somebody by owning what your part of it has been. Like, hey, you know what? I think I've been avoiding you. I'm sorry about that. Can we talk now? Right? And so when someone comes to you like that, you're like, oh, cool. She gets that, like, she's been a little cray. I'll talk to her now. So softly try to enter the hard conversation. Then seek to understand. You have to listen because we always go into hard conversations just being like, this is hard because I got to get them to do what I want them to do. No, just seek to understand. And then the third thing is always summarize, like get on that same page because it's all about the miscommunications, especially when there's moving parts or high emotions. So that's really, I think, what my brides usually need to get going is get in touch with yourself and then just get a little map of how to have hard conversations. And it's those two things I think can change the game. I love that. Amazing. This has been just such an enriching conversation. I would love for you to share where our listeners can learn more about you, how they can get in touch, like all of that stuff. Absolutely. I am... I have a podcast called Whispers to a Bride. So that's super fun, short episodes, just giving you something to chew on while you're wedding planning. And then I'm on Instagram at Kara Gassabe. And I do like a fun Q&A on Monday so you can get free advice there. And my website, karamorning.com, I've got a free bridal academy, a bridal prep academy, where you can literally go through video modules, say like, Hey, have I thought through these things? Kind of like you're saying, like the cake tasting, I like try to throw up all the emotional issues. You can kind of check through like, Oh, you know what? It's my friendships that need a little attention or it's this or that, or this or that. So amazing. That's incredible. Thank you so much, Kara. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you girls for having me. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride. We would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too. Consider The Bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, 
And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.